Welcome to the Cheyenne Vineyard Podcast, bringing you a message of hope for your everyday world. Thank you and enjoy today's podcast. Uh, disciple making. And, and I said, and, and if anybody is satisfied, then please come up here and share with us what you're doing. And everyone agreed that, that we were not satisfied with all those things, uh, including unity of the body. So I said, well, are, are we ready to do something different to get different results? And specifically, challenging uh, churches to join together and each church to take a day each month to cover with prayer for the city and the body of Christ in the city, for revival and spiritual awakening, uh, unity in the body, uh, just agreeing with many of the prayers in the New Testament. And so uh, after I shared that, Charlene back to Marion was, uh, was present and she felt the freedom to give a, a prophetic word. And what, what she shared, uh, I told her, I, I want to record that later, uh, <clears throat> mainly because it was, was given here. And what she shared was, uh, I saw the Lord blowing through Cheyenne with his wind to remove the debris that has been in the hearts of his people for revival to come. He is coming with his fire to bring a fresh desire and to burn out the wood, hay, and chaff so that revival can come. He's turning over money-changing places in people's hearts because he has called his house a house of prayer for the nations, and they have made it a den of thieves. As he comes in with his wind, it is really going to blow out the debris. As he comes with the fire, it is going to burn and bring a fresh desire for him. He is coming to create in us a clean heart, a new heart, and to renew a right spirit. And that was what she shared. So then when I came to her afterward, to uh, to record it, she gave that again. But then she had a bunch more um, for us and related to the cover Cheyenne prayer covering. And I will share the rest of that with you. And I have a few of these printed off on on the back counter. Um, if you want to take one and pray into this with me, I, I think that that would be good. So she said, as as I as uh, and and this is written as the way she spoke it, and she's speaking to me. So as you were talking about the prayer covering for Cheyenne with Pastor Tom, I saw above this building, it was so huge, it was God Himself. And he had a huge gold vase, and liquid gold was just pouring out into this building and then out into the city. 
It is the purity of God. It is the right time. God is going to pave the way. And the gold also represents transparency. And she also referenced Psalm 56, that the Lord has kept all of our tears in vases to be poured out on us as anointing oil with a yes and an amen. Uh, there have been many sheer tears shed. I saw how there have been many things wronged toward you and your heart over the last two years. It has been the most difficult time. Uh, the enemy has come against you and tried to take you out. And these things really just about did. God, God wants you to know that you have kept your shield of faith up and maybe a few darts have gotten through, but you didn't do anything wrong. This comes along with leadership and being a pastor. You just don't think it will happen to you, and when it does, you think, oh boy, I didn't sign up for this. <laughs> Whatever this was, it was very close to your heart, and it just shook things. God wants you to know that he is going to bless you, and he is going to do something through all of this. Through the most difficult times in life, it catapults us into a new season. It causes our heart to surrender in a new way. You will begin to see the good through it. You have seen little sparks of it, but you are going to start really seeing what God was really going to do because we know with all of our hearts that he works all things for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And you love God and are called according to his purpose. When you signed up for this job, you didn't sign up for all of this, but it happens. The key is to continue on in love. If we will do this and not rebuke people or come against them, then God can really do something in it. He just wants you to know that he is going deep, deep, deep. He has been calling deep unto deep with you for a long time because you are pioneering something. When that pioneering spirit is upon someone, and it is upon your heart, when you are pioneering, it takes bricks and mortar and time. It's like when the taskmasters came to the children of Israel and made them make bricks without straw. That is the kind of thing that has rested upon you. And now it is at a greater degree. So God writes pioneer over you, and that has not been easy. And now you are stepping into this, the, the cover Cheyenne prayer covering. But God wants you to know that through this prayer, and what you have started, because it is his heart, he wants you to know it's because revival is already. You have already trusted the living God and surrendered and said, yes, revival is in me. I am the revival, so send me. You haven't just believed that we need to pray. There is praying and there is doing, because faith without works is dead. That same spirit of revival, that same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, that quickens our mortal bodies, is the same spirit that will bring revival because you are sent. It is going to raise people from the dead places, and that is why he is pouring out the liquid gold.
because then people will fall on their faces before the living God and say, create in me a clean heart. That is the only thing that will do it. The only thing that will do it. So God wants you to know, he wants to bless you today. He wants you to know that I have called you, I have anointed you, and I have appointed you, and I have ordained you for such a time as this. He said, nobody is going to stop what I'm going to do. He said, you, my son, have surrendered over and over and over through the pain, through the suffering, and the times people have slashed and slandered. And God says, I am going to bless you. I am going to bless you. I am coming in deep as I call deep unto deep. Not only am I pouring that gold out upon the city, and upon what I have called you to do as a pioneer. But he says, I am pouring it out on your heart, son. I am pouring it out on your heart because I have caught every tear and have, just as I have said in Psalm 56, I have caught every one of your tears and I have recorded every one, says the Lord. And now I am pouring them back out upon you, my son, with a yes and an amen. So watch and see what I'm going to do as I blow through this city and I use you to see the kingdom come to do what I've called you to do. Wow. There's nothing like being vindicated by God. <laughs> well, it's our pleasure tonight to have my daughter, our second daughter, Amy, and her husband, Matt, uh, with us tonight to share about what they are going to be doing in Thailand. Um, we're going to see where God goes. Well, Matt may have a word for us, but... Um, Guys, go ahead and share a little bit about your background as to what you've done. and um, We all think pretty highly of Kavika around here. So. Oh, do you? Yes. Wonderful. So yeah. go ahead and let us know what you've done. Yeah. Um, so Matt, Amy, mm -hmm. we're blessed to be... Uh, she's blessed to be his daughter. I'm blessed to be his son-in-law. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so... I guess just sharing our, our background a little bit, um, both Amy and I actually met at Kavika Cornelius, if you guys know who he is, Arnie says you do, um, his small group, it started out as a small group, uh, it was a power and prophetic evangelism small group, where we were learning to prophesy, heal the sick, and take the power of God to the streets, and then we were blessed by Resurrection Fellowship to, to become a ministry, which ended up being Freedom and Joy Ministries. And Kavika asked Amy and I to come alongside of him and be his associate pastors to help lead that, that ministry with him. And we did that for, was it two and a half, three years? Something like that. But uh, last, about a year ago, it was last August, we stepped down to pursue this calling that God has laid on our hearts um, to, to go to Thailand. And so we um, are going to be going to 
Sorry, I had to move that. Uh, Bangkok, Thailand. I'm going to share a little bit, and then I'm going to let Amy share. Yeah. Yeah, so the Lord just, he's called us. Amy, from a young girl, she was marked uh, at the age of 14, 15 at Rock the Nations conference, and they were talking about um, Thailand and uh, the prostitution uh, sex trafficking problem that was there. And from that time, the um, the Lord has just been drawing her further and further in. And uh, me just always had a passion to go take the gospel to the nations. And so when I met her, she started telling me about Thailand. And so the Lord has just brought that to us. As uh, we've always known that that would be eventually where we would end up serving the Lord full time, long term. Yeah. And so we're going to be going, Lord willing, by the end of this year, uh, to, to Bangkok, Thailand, to serve with the ministry called Don Nam. And I'm going to let you share a little more, sweetheart. Yeah. Mom, if you could go ahead and just play that video. We have a video okay. to share with you guys that tells what they do. Um, and it has one of their students actually sharing his story of how he got connected. And um, so if we could go ahead and, and yeah. prep So that. just so you know, so you're prepared. In this video, the first part is in Thai but it's got English captions, so you have to read it. And if you can't read it, we'll explain a little bit more after, you know, just about what he said. But then at the end, she do, the, the director of our ministry is going to turn on in English. And then we, we just want to share that, and then we'll share more. a unique ministry in that it is the only ministry in Thailand that ministers to um, what they call lady boys there. We would call them transgendered people. Um, when you have it ready, just let me know because we don't want to impede technology. Um, <laughs> the only one who's, who's sole focus. Yeah, and, um, Don Nam is the only ministry that, that sole focus is on the lady boys. Um, and on gay prostitutes. And a lot of these individuals in Thailand, uh, especially the lady boys, end up in prostitution because there's not legitimate job opportunities for them. Um, so a little bit of background on lady boys so you'll understand it's a little different than here in the US. Most of the time the lady boys uh, have been raised since they were five years old or younger to be the other gender. Um, it's forced on them. Yeah. Sorry, I just got all emotional about it. Okay. Um, so when I was there, I would sit down and talk with the lady boys and say, tell me your story, and how did you get to where you're at? And that was the trend I noticed. It's the trend that Don Nam has noticed that it's from a very, very young age. Um, Sometimes from infancy, they are told that they are supposed to be a woman. Um, we've heard stories of ladyboys being raised to be a ladyboy because of 
um, financial benefits for the parents. Um, in Thailand, they don't have a social security system like what we have here. So what they do is mom and dad have a child, um, a little boy grows up and he gets married and he takes care of his wife and his children. If it's a little girl, she grows up, she gets married and she takes care of mom and dad. Um, so her work pays so for her work pays for mom and dad's income in their old age, basically. And so a lot of times ladyboys will become ladyboys because their parents didn't have any daughters um, and they wanted to have a daughter. Um, one of the ladyboys told me one time, you know, I was the youngest of five sons and my mom always wanted a daughter, so I became a daughter to make my mom happy. Um, we've heard stories of lady boys um, receiving a demonic impartation, if you will. Um, Thailand is a Buddhist culture, and so one of the stories we've heard is there was this Buddhist monk that came and blessed a little boy and said, you have a girl spirit. And from that moment on, he felt like he was supposed to be a girl. Yeah, so he laid his hand. Mom brought boy to the monk for a blessing. And he laid his hand on him and says, you have a girl spirit. Mm -hmm. And from that moment on, he felt like a girl. So that would be what we would call a demonic impartation. Um, and the, the Buddhist culture plays into the, uh, the prevalence of the lady boys in Thailand as well. Because they do believe you can be born with the opposite spirit. And there's just a lot of dynamics that go into that. So um, it's a huge injustice that is very culturally accepted uh, in some regards. Um, it is very normal for a child, like I said, from very young ages to be raised to be the other gender. Um, it does happen with girls um, being raised to be boys as well. But again, our ministry focuses on uh, the ones that have been raised to be girls, even though they were boys. Um, and the Lord's heart is for these ones so much and his heart is grieved over the injustice yeah. and uh, part of the injustice is that there are few ministries that will help them um, because they are even though they're prevalent in the society they're still not accepted and they're still considered second-class citizens um, and so, th again, that plays into why a lot of them end up in prostitution. Um, yeah. Yeah. So Thailand is the number one place in all the world for sex change operations um, because of this, what we're talking about. Just the culture. It's, be it's really become a stronghold uh, where the, the parents, for numerous reasons, for different reasons, whether mm -hmm. it's they want money, whether... Um, well, other reasons we've heard is the boy played with girl toys or dressed up, wanted to wear mom's clothes or something like that. And so, oh, you have a girl spirit. And I don't know about any of you guys, but I mean, when I was a kid, I my mom put makeup on me or I, you know, played around or whatever. But I wasn't a girl. <laughs> 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 so that doesn't uh, qualify. Um, anyhow, uh, so our heart is to see them restored, to encounter Jesus. Mm -hmm. um, because because the, it, it is somewhat culturally accepted and norm, but at the same time, 
they're not able to get a job, would you say that that is successful, good job? And so they most of them end up in prostitution. Um, okay. My mom says we can try the video so you guys can, we can try see it again? What, um, what we do. Okay. Jesus, bless the video. Let it work. <laughs> That's so weird. It's, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> oh well. Is it not your? Yeah. Well, I guess that's not gonna work. Tech issues. Bummer. No worries. Um, if you guys want to check it out, we can give you the website to check out the video later. Yeah. Um, so, essentially, what Don Nam does is it it takes these men that have been groomed from a very young age for the sex trade in some regards, and brings them into an encounter with Jesus. Um, so what that looks like practically is Danam regularly does outreach into the red light districts to build relationship with the lady boys and invite them to become a part of their program. Um, and then once the individual decides that they do want to try and leave prostitution and try and take this step to um, better their life, they agree to... Um, they apply. They apply, and they, they become a, a student in the program. Part of their agreement as a student in the program is that Don Nam does daily prayer and worship and time in the Word. So whether they're yeah. a Christian or not, they're being exposed to an encounter with Jesus. Um, and the hope is that they will give their lives to Jesus and let him transform them from the inside out. Um, we've seen some success in the program. Uh, it's still kind of in its infancy because uh, Celeste, the director of Dunnam, has been the only long-term staff until very recently. Um, all of her staff would come for six months to a year and then leave and go back to their life. And so just when she was getting them trained and ready to really help get things going more, they would leave. Um, so the amount of impact has been a little bit limited because of the fact that she's always training new staff and, and having that kind of turnover. Um, but it's exciting. We have committed to a, a minimum five-year commitment, and then we have another couple on the Don Nam staff that's there already that is there for the long term as well, and they're starting to see more people whose hearts are for staying there and being able to really further what God's doing through Don Nam. Um, so one of the students has, um, to our understanding, become a Christian and is letting the Lord bring transformation in his life. Um, did you want to comment on that at all? Sure. So with, with, Don, with our heart for s s bringing the, the lady boys, so like she said, we do outreach. It's going to be two times a week. We're going to go. We're going to invite them to be a part of the program. Um, and it's offering hope, being a light in the midst of darkness, going mm -hmm. into the red light district. And so we'll be being there and definitely praying for them, building relationships, sharing the gospel with them there, and inviting them into the program. The program itself is a holistic program mm -hmm. uh, rooted in the presence of God. So it's daily worship, prayer, the word of God. But then we, we also want to offer... And, and through that hope, we desire to bring them into a radical, radical encounter with Jesus that changes their life from the inside out. Um, and so 
the problem that we that we have experienced, Amy's experienced because she's been there before, and what Don Nama said they've experienced, is that the church wants to try to force change on a lady boy, meaning cut your hair, change your clothes, start being a man immediately. Mm-hmm. How many know Jesus said, you Pharisees, you are whitewashed tombs, you clean the outside of the club, uh, whitewashed tombs with bones in them, you wash the outside of the cup without the inside being clean. So if we clean the inside of the cup, from the inside out, transformation takes place by the power of the Holy Spirit moving mm-hmm. us. How many know sanctification doesn't happen necessarily overnight? You're born again in an instant, but being sanctified and being transformed from glory to glory into the presence of God. And so yeah. that's our heart is through encounter after encounter after love encounter with jesus they're going to be transformed from the inside out by the power of the holy spirit and as we do that we're going to share practical needs such as we do health care for them many of the people that we are going to be working with have hiv they're prostitutes they're sleeping around they're doing drugs they've caught diseases Mm -hmm. Um, and so we we, we're going to help them with their health care we're going to give them job, job skills and job training. Part of our ministry, we have a, a cafe where we run that they cook, they do coffee, they do all, you know, serve. And so we will train them in that area and how to run even the business part of it. We've had some of the people come through the program and they wanted to learn how to run the business. And so they, we taught them business skills. We teach them how to, to cook and how to do the restaurant. And they also are developing relationships with other people for other kinds of mm-hmm. job training skills to get them other skills. Because if they don't have other skills and haven't been empowered in that way in their life, even though we share the gospel with them and they have no other way to provide for themselves, they could go back into that lifestyle much easier. So this way it's to empower them to live a life successful in mm-hmm. Jesus, along with life skills, training right. them how to live, how to, you know, do, because how many, I don't, I used to be a dope dealer before I came to Jesus. Doing life, comp- it's completely different. Coming out of a prostitute, you're just living, you know, you're, you're, uh, most of them are addicted. Most of them are this, that, and the other. They don't know how to live life. So we're training jobs, life skills, job skills, health care, education. Mm-hmm. We'll be helping with their education. Um, a lot of them hadn't had the opportunity to complete our equivalent of high school or their GED, and so that's where the education assistance comes in, is helping them complete that education and even helping them further their education by going and doing vocational training. One of the Dunham students went on to culinary school uh, so that he could be able to use his skills that he began learning in the cafe in a more professional capacity, and Dunham helps facilitate that kind of training for them. Again, it's all rooted in encountering Jesus and then helping them make these changes in their life so that they are empowered to be uh, successful individuals and really live the life that they really desire. Because um, if you talk to any of the lady boys or any anyone that is involved in prostitution, that was never their lifelong dream. They've had dreams and desires that have been quenched because this was all they knew how to do and this was all they they could do to bring in the kind of money they felt like they needed um, in order to take care of themselves and most of the time their family back home. And so Don Nam helps them to actually better their lives and step into 
what they desire and also what God has created for them to be. Uh, so we're excited to be able to be a part of Don Nam and we believe that God has a huge plan for the ladyboy community in Thailand and that part of that is uh, not just for the ladyboys but also to see Thailand restored. Our heart isn't just for the ladyboys yeah. and for those in, in prostitution but there's been centuries of missions work in Thailand with very little fruit. Thailand is still roughly 1% Christian and 95% Buddhist and 4% Muslim. Um, so our heart is to see those seeds that have been sowed for the last yeah. couple hundred years actually bear fruit. And we believe it's Thailand's time and that God mm -hmm. has huge things in store for the nation of Thailand. He wants to bring forth in this hour. Um, and so we're excited to be a part of not only Don Nam, but also the church in Thailand and helping strengthen the church to actually wow. step into their destiny and their fullness yeah, in God and to walk out the calling that's on the church because the church is the hope, is the hope of Thailand. <laughs> we want to see the church arise in her beauty to begin to deal with the issues that Thailand as a society faces without needing the help of foreigners to do it. You know, that would be the ideal would be to see the Thai people launched into their greatness mm -hmm. so that they can see that restoration right. happen in their country. And yeah. we also want to be ones that just love our neighbor. You know, we'll be living <laughs> in a neighborhood somewhere <laughs> in Bangkok, and we want to go and love our neighbor intentionally and develop yeah. relationship and just be the light of Christ to the people that are around oh. us. <laughs> uh, Matt also has prophetic words over his life about being... Yeah. Um, I, sure. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. So I'm I'm super excited because one of the the you know before while I was dating Amy, I went to at Resurrection Fellowship. We've been a part of that, and they have a, a prophetic. They do healing prayer like uh, the healing rooms that you guys have here, and they do have prophetic rooms. And I just go uh, one day back when I was dating before we were married, and the guy he he prophesied over me. Two guys. They said is my friend. I'm friends with him now. Stan Long. And he said, I, I see you in Asia like a wrecking ball doing power evangelism in the streets. And he had no clue that I was dating this girl that the whole time has been telling me about Asia and her call to, you know, to Thailand. And I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> so I, I, I look at it as when we went last May as a, like a vision trip, we did uh, some power evangelism. When we saw quite several people healed and come to know, some came, to, couple came to know Jesus, and just we're excited to see step into that. And so along with, like I said, Don Nam is going to be maybe our job, our, our main focus while we're there. But we want to love our neighbor, be a part of the church, and share the gospel and see disciples raised up wherever we are, even outside of that as well. Yeah, and so just uh, a story to kind of wrap up. Um, of yeah, can you pull up that picture of Pima? It's the one with me and Matt and him. Um, so just to kind of show what God can do, because our hearts are full can of you see it? of hope for this. Um, so when I first met Pima, um, he was in his forties and loving Jesus like mad. Um, and uh, living as a woman because he had been raised from infancy to be a woman. And uh, 
Do you want to share a story? What? You want to share his story? Can yeah. I, you want me to? I'll share. Yeah. I was just pausing. <laughs> um, so his parents, from when he was really little, decided he was going to be a girl. And then sometime around his puberty years, his dad kind of second-guessed things and started rejecting him, even though he had groomed him and raised him to be a girl. Um, and that impacted his heart, of course, because his dad wasn't loving him in the way that he needed to be loved. And then as he continued to grow up, he just didn't understand that and started seeking the love of men in a way that wasn't really healthy, and he ended up in prostitution. And was actually considered one of the most beautiful ladyboys in all of Thailand. And was sought after for his beauty, was featured on magazines, was highly desired in the bars, and kind of began getting inflated in his ego about his beauty. Um, and he also, at the same time, had a lot of pain in his art from living this way and then the things that happened when he was young, and so he ended up doing drugs and being addicted. Um, through all of that, he believes more through the drugs than through the prostitution, he contracted HIV and was very sick and on his deathbed in the hospital when he met Jesus. And I just love this. Someone went into the hospital to minister, and he encountered God's love, and said yes to the Lord, and gave his heart 100% to Jesus. And one of the things that someone taught him when he was very early in his Christian walk was, you know, God calls us to be holy and to live holy lives. And so he decided he was going to live celibate, and just trust God to meet the desires of his heart for love and affection. And um, just was loving Jesus like mad when I met him, living like that, and just living pure before the Lord and serving in every capacity that he could. Um, and I just loved being around him because he loved so well. Mm -hmm. And... I was always just like, wow, you know, P-Mal is an amazing person. And in my heart, I was kind of going, well, you know, he's in his 40s. Maybe this is as good as it gets. You know, he's loving Jesus. Obviously, he's got a lot of stuff going from his past that is still hanging on. But he loves Jesus. And you can see it, and the transformation's real. And uh, in my heart, I'm going, maybe this is as good as it gets, right? Because we kind of question sometimes, can God really redeem completely? Um, but he decided at one point he was going to begin ministering with a ministry um, called the Tamar Center, which is a youth with a mission ministry in Pattaya, the city that he lived in. And the Tamar Center was opening a new center on Soy 6, which is one of the major ladyboy bar streets. There's like 60 bars in a quarter of a mile on this street. Most of them are ladyboy bars. Um, and so he decided, you know, this is a great opportunity. I can reach the ladyboys, and the Tamar Center is open to reaching them with me. And even though the Tamar Center was primarily started for women, they would allow 
lady voice to come through their program if they wanted to. And so he's like, you know, this is a great opportunity. I could reach more lady boys and really help them leave prostitution. And so he volunteered with them for three months and was like, yeah, this is what I want to do. Um, and in order to continue volunteering with them, he had to go and do a discipleship training school, which is Youth with a Mission's very first school that they require all of their staff to do. And so as part of YWAM, he goes, okay, I'll do it, and goes and signs up and, and as a part of DTS. And during his DTS, they decide, you know, we're going to have to put him in a room with someone. Like, we can't just have him in a room by himself because YWAM doesn't live on that kind of budget. You have to have roommates. And, and so they're like, well, we can't put him with the women because that wouldn't work. Um, and they felt like God was saying to put him with the men. And he started seeing these men just demonstrate what a real man is like and being gentle and loving. And they were so accepting of him. And at one point he decides, um, through the Lord speaking to him, that it's time. And the way he said it to me when we sat down and asked him what his story was, was the Lord said it's time to stop living according to the desires of the flesh and live by the Spirit and cut your hair. His long, beautiful hair that was his pride and joy and the thing that made him most feminine in his eyes. It's time to cut your hair. So I see pictures of him on Facebook. I'm not there, and I, I'm friends with him on Facebook. I see him picture getting his hair cut short. Short, short. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my gosh, is everything okay? Because remember we said a lot of times the church and ministries over there will try to force change from the outside in. And I was like, oh my gosh, I don't want that happening to him. Because I love him and I, and I want the best for him. And so I messaged him and said, is everything okay? I saw your pictures. And he's like, yeah, God is good. And I'm like, what in the world? Because <laughs> I didn't know all the backstory of what God was doing. Um. But it really was that genuine heart change of God bringing him from glory to glory to glory to the point where he was ready to let go of 40-plus years of his life as a woman and step into his masculinity that God had given him. Praise God. And every time we see pictures of him on Facebook, he looks more and more masculine. <laughs> and so this is a picture of us last May with him, um, as you can see, he just radiates love and the glory of God. And it's our hope that God will continue to bring people through this process of restoration. Because if he can do it with Pimao, he can do it with anybody. Yeah. And it's his heart to do that. His heart is to redeem and to restore completely. Because he's not the kind of God that does anything halfway. <laughs> He does it all the way. And so we're excited to see God do it. We're excited to be a part of it. And we're excited to see God rewrite the story again and again. Our hope and our desire is that it won't take the years and years and years that it took Pimao. But we also know that it can be processed and that restoration doesn't always happen overnight. And so we want to be patient with the process and yet believe God for the possibility that it could be faster 
and that he can do this kind of deep work in a very short amount of time and yet we'll be patient with the ones <laughs> and rejoice with the ones that see Jesus is worth it and I'm going to say yes this one time. I'm going to say yes to him asking me to leave prostitution. I'm going to say yes to him asking me to start wearing flats if that's where it starts because a lot of them wear the super high heels. <laughs> and it might be little simple steps of I'm going to start wearing flats or I'm going to start by wearing pants all the time when I used to always wear dresses or whatever those little steps are, we'll rejoice with the steps because we know he's faithful to bring them through and his process is perfect. Amen. Hallelujah. So as we're going to to um, Thailand, we are going to be working with Don Nam. We will be with, with we're with a missions agency called Commission to Every Nation or like YWAM or Youth with a Mission has YWAM. They, their short name is C10. So we will be uh, C10 missionaries working with Don Nam and um as you may know, missionaries don't get we don't get a salary, right? And so we're we we will be living off partnership, partner support. And so um, we wanted to invite you guys definitely uh, anybody that would be interested to to partner with that. Say, man, that's something I would the, pray about it. And the Lord says that I would like you to partner with it. Follow Jesus. Um, we have these just connection cards in the back that just get your name, your address, or even if you just want to be on our mailing list or something like that, you want to stay updated, we'd love to connect with you. Fill out one of those cards, name, address, phone number, and we would love to, to, to either meet with you or put you on our, our mailing list, however you would like. And uh, just, yeah, so awesome. I'm going to, so that was, so we're super excited about that. I don't know how much time do we have. Is it 730? 734? I don't know. <laughs> Oops, I don't know. I'll just go with whatever you have. I, I, I'm i used to Mr. Cornelius giving me time limits, Kavika, when I was with him. And so, really, <laughs> he did because he didn't want people to be there too late. We'll be done by 8. Okay. <laughs> I can do that. I mean... I can go for a long time or I can shorten things up. So we'll just flow with what we got. Okay, so I'm so glad to be here. And we want to thank Pastor Jay for uh, honoring us and letting us. We're so honored to be here with you and uh, just giving us the opportunity to share with your congregation. And thank you, Arnie, as well. And, and thank you guys for allowing us just to share our heart and what God is uh, calling us and inviting us in to partner with him. And um, I just, Arnie said we had we may have time at the end, so I thought I would, you know, just maybe share a little word from the Lord. Um, and just one of the things the Lord has, I'm a simple guy, and so I like to keep things simple. So you may already know this, but I'll, I'll be like Peter. He says, I'm just going to stir you up to remembrance, just so you remember, to just bring it back to you that this is, this is what you're called for. And so I just wanted to uh, share about, intimacy with Jesus unto partnering with him to, for the release of the kingdom of God. So praise God. Um, the, the many a times uh, th that I've been around 
churches or, and I'm fairly new to faith, but my understanding, uh, about 10 years, 11 years, is we've made, a lot of times made the gospel all about going to heaven. How many know, uh, that's a benefit of the gospel, but that is not the main drive of the gospel. That is not the main focus of the gospel. The main, it is not all about getting your name in the book and going to heaven. The main, I believe the main drive of the, and focus of the gospel is bringing us into fellowship with God, bringing us into relationship with God, bringing us close to the Lord. Because before Jesus, we are separated from God. We are far away because of the fall of man. John 17, 3, he says, Now Jesus, praying to the Father, he says, Now this, so you're getting into a, a conversation in the Godhead. How cool is that? God talking to God. This, if you really want to know the heart of God, hear how God talks to himself about you and about us, right? Now this is eternal life. John 17, 3. Now this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Guys, it's not all, it's not all about heaven. It, the only thing that makes heaven good is Jesus, and knowing Jesus, and being near to Jesus. Right? Again, all throughout the New Testament, if you, as you read, and all throughout the Bible as you read, you hear this theme of being intimate with God and being close and being in fellowship. I'm just gonna, Genesis 2. I want to go to Genesis. I, I love the Bible, so sorry, guys, if I quote the Bible like crazy. <laughs> okay. You're okay with it? Okay. Good. <laughs> God is good, guys. God's in a good mood. You know that? Amen. We can have a good time with him. The Bible says he's the eternally blessed God, the eternally happy God. He's, he's happy. <laughs> so I like to laugh with him. <laughs> Genesis chapter 2. Uh, I like to start show what is the beginning of what God desired because we see you got to understand the beginning and you got to understand the end. If you understand the beginning and you understand the end, you know what he desired when he started and you know where it's going in the end, right? Because, and everything in between there is driving from those two places. I mean, from that and to that, right? So Genesis chapter two, you know, the Lord, he, in the beginning he created, and I'm just, for the sake of time, I'm just going to quote some different places. Uh, Genesis 2, seven, it says, and the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living being so imagine this the father god he's he takes up some dust right he forms a man into him right bam the breath of life he comes alive when he opens his eyes what does he see the face of god right he has a smile on his face right he's happy some people think he's mad all the time, but he's not. <laughs> so, but you see the reality right there when he comes, poof, the breath of life. What does he see? He sees God from that very 
creation from the very beginning, there's face-to-face interaction, face-to-face fellowship, face-to-face relationship with God. This is be- when, when God first made man before the fall. And you, as you continue to read, you see this interaction, Genesis 2, 15 through 20. Just a little bit down, it says, And the Lord God took man. Again, that's that intimate, close. He has him. He's embraced him. He's with him. He took him personally and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and to care for and care, take care of it. The Lord God commanded the man, You are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat from it, you will certainly die. The Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. And then I just kept reading for the, but here it says, and this, you, here is where you begin to see even more of that idea of the intimacy of God, them working together unto partnership, unto. Now the Lord God f- formed out of the ground all the wild animals and all the birds of the sky, and he brought them to the man to see what he would name them. So here's God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, creator of heaven and earth, the one whom the angels sing. He sits on the throne and they fly around and say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And when they say that, the, the, the door frames of the temple in heaven shake, right? He is with man. Man is with him. And God brings to man the animals and says, hey, Adam, what do you want to call it? And so Adam, from this place of hearing God's voice, being face-to-face, being intimate, partners with God and doing the things that God desires to do as the Lord brings it to him. And he share, and he partners with the Lord in naming the animals. And again, when we see from the beginning the heart of God, what he does. And this is, I, you'll see this throughout the whole scriptures is this place of intimacy, God coming near. How many know it was God who revealed himself to Adam? It wasn't Adam who went searching for God, right? Again, that's what we see in the old Bible. And then, so out of this place, um, Adam, he's with the Lord and, and he makes Eve the serpent they're put into the garden of Eden and the serpent comes along and he tempts, tempts him. Eve takes the fruit. Adam takes it with her. They eat. Their eyes are open. They become aware of their, their, their sin. They come, become aware of their shame, of their guilt. They be, and, and it says they, they sow fig leaves together and they start to cut try to cover themselves. I heard one guy say, he said, that's called fig leaf religion. When you, you try to cover yourself up with your own, with your own works. <laughs> it just don't work. <laughs> fig leaf religion. It doesn't work guys. We can't cover up our, our shame. We can't sh- cover up our guilt. We can't co- um, come close to God by, by our own good works. Yeah. Right. So again, in the garden, they do this there and they hear God. He comes. He's coming to them again because he his desire is is to pursue is to reveal himself and to come after man. And even after 
Adam sinned. God said he would die. He became aware of, of, of this. Here we see God coming in the garden in the cool of the day, it says, looking for Adam. How many know that it wasn't God who left? It was man who began to run from God. It wasn't God running from man. That's what we see here. Even after Adam sinned, the father didn't say, oh, I don't want you anymore, Adam. You've sinned. I can't come close to you. No, we, mankind, began to hide from God and began to back away and hide and be afraid of the Lord. But God came pursuing even from the beginning because his heart is intimacy even when we have sinned, even when we have blown it, even in our shame and our guilt in our before in our mess before the Lord. He's pursuing. He's after Adam from the beginning. He's after Adam and he's pursuing them. And he says, Adam, where are you? How many know God, God knew where Adam was? I mean, he's omnipotent. <laughs> right? He knew where, where he was. It wasn't a, a question about, it was more how many, you asked, he was asking the question for Adam to probe himself. It wasn't for, for God to be able to find him. It was a, is, is a question. How many have ever had God ask you a question? It's not because he doesn't know the answer already. <laughs> so God was asking Adam, Adam, where are you? Where are you at your, in your heart? What, what's going on? Because the father was wanting to work t- from the beginning. How many know that God knew that that man was going to sin? It wasn't like, oh, no. Father said, oh, no, son, Holy Ghost, what are we going to do? It says that Jesus was the Lamb of God that was slain before the foundation of the world. It was the predetermined plan of the Father and Son and Holy Spirit that the Son would come in the fullness of time and lay down his life. So, for the sins of man. So, God knew this and he was just pursuing Adam in the midst of that. Um, I want to go to Revelation. I preach from beginning to end. (laughs) I preach the whole Bible. No, there's a lot in between there, but, uh, (laughs) um, Revelation, we start in the beginning. We go in in the heart in the beginning. We saw that God was pursuing, God was revealing, God was being intimate. It was God initiating, God doing it. This is the heart. When even in the Gospels, it was the Father who sent the Son to come to reveal in in our darkness. That when man fell, God said, "Surely you will die." What ha- what entered in spiritual death and physical death. So they died in their spirit. Paul says in Ephesians 2 that you were dead in your trespasses and transgressions. So they were dead. Physical death. How many know everybody dies? <laughs> it's true. But how, there's one person that's overcome the grave. Praise the Lord. One man. So God, he came and sent his son to pursue us. In the midst of of our sinfulness, in the midst of our wickedness, he sent his son, Jesus Christ, who became a man, very God of very God, 
the, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld the glory of the Father. Jesus came to reveal the heart of the Father. Again, it is the Father's heart pursuing, sending the Son, coming after us, that we would be intimate with him. That we, out of that place of intimacy, as you see Jesus with his, with his disciples, he's, he's sending them out. He, he, has, he brings them with him. He starts healing the sick, casting out devils, raising the dead, prophesying, demonstrating the kingdom. And then he shows them how to do it and he sends them out and, does it and says, go do it. Because it was out of that place of, of them being close to him, seeing what he's doing, being intimate with Jesus, Jesus revealing the heart of the Father to them, them knowing God, then they go out and they do it, and they do the works of God, and they demonstrate the kingdom, and people are healed, devils are cast out, and people come into the kingdom. So even in the Gospels, we see this happening. Jesus, in the Bible, John the Baptist calls him the bridegroom. Our God is a bridegroom. He is a bridegroom at the core of his heart. The father wanted sons, and the son wanted a bride. So the reason that the son came was to redeem us unto relationship with, to, to pay the penalty for our sin. The gospel is to remove everything that hinders a loving relationship, right? Jesus died on the cross, making a way, reconciling us to the Father, when we, that we would become one with him, united. The Bible says that we, in Ephesians chapter 2, that we were made alive together with God. We were uh, made, in uh, Romans 7, it says that we are died to the law, that we might be married to Christ. Ephesians chapter 5, it talks about, uh, the church being the very bride of Christ. And so th these you get these the Lord talking about these these very intimate terms. A father with his son. I have my my beautiful new son and I love him dearly. And it's just I'm getting to, to grow more in understanding that reality. And my wife. The father-son relationship is very intimate, but even more intimate is the husband and wife relationship. And this is the relationship that the Lord defines with Jesus. He actually says that we become one with him. We've been made alive together with him. We've been, uh, in Corinthians, it says that we've been made to be made one spirit with him. We've been made together. We've been united. That's the, the whole Bible, union with God. In Romans 6, you were co-crucified with Jesus, co-buried with Jesus, co-raised from Jesus, and co-seated in heaven with Christ. It's the cocoa drink. You can drink it all the time. I <laughs> it's good. Um, but this place, removing the barriers that we would have unbroken fellowship with God, that we would be married with the Lord. There's nothing hindering that. And nothing in the way. Because on the cross through Jesus' death, 
burial, and resurrection, he poured out mercy and grace to all that would receive it. You and I have received it to anybody that would receive it. And that is so that we would, again, come into that place of intimacy. And in Ephesians 2 says you were created for good works. And then out of that place of unbroken fellowship, you would do the works of the kingdom. You would partner with releasing the Father's will into the earth and destroying the works of the devil and establishing righteousness in the earth. Come on. Okay, now we got seven minutes. We're going to make it. Because I purposely shortened it, which is good. Revelation 19. I told you we would go to Revelation. Revelation 19. Guys, reading, again, I'll say it again. The beginning of the story and the end of the story. You know what God wanted in the beginning, and the same thing is what he's getting in the end. Okay? Revelation 19 through 22 is so, the Lord has just been having me read that over and over. I want to get that just in my spirit, in my heart become just what I'm looking at the future, what's going to take place, because I can partake of that now by the grace of God and the power of the Holy Spirit, and I know that that's what I'm going to aim for. That's what we, our whole life is headed for that. Revelation 19, uh, verse 6, and it says, The voice of a great multitude as the sound of many waters, and as the sound of mighty thundering say, Hallelujah! The Lord God omnipotent reigns. Let us be glad and rejoice and give him glory. For the marriage of the Lamb has come and his wife has made herself ready. And to her it was granted to be arrayed in fine linen, clean and bright. For the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. Then he said to me, Blessed are those who are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, These are true sayings of God. Jesus wants an eternal bride. One, when the fa- in the beginning, when God made Adam and out of his side, that's a prophetic picture, by the way, of the, uh, of, of the side of Jesus being split, blood being spilled, and from his body and his blood, he got a bride. And so from Adam's body, his rib, and from the blood that was shed when his rib side was opened, came forth, God made a bride. Is the very first prophetic word concerning the church and the heart of God concerning his desire for a bride. And so this place and out of that, that bride that Adam had was co-equal to him, came out of his side, wasn't under his feet. They did things together. (laughs) Right? Come on. And so that's the heart of God. Even our marriage is is that prophetic statement. Every marriage that's under the leadership of Jesus and every marriage is designed, is supposed to be that way. But every marriage under the leadership of Jesus is is the prophetic declaration of the heart of God. And that is that he would have an intimate bride. And out of that married, I want to do stuff with my bride. I want to, we're going to go to Thailand together. We're going to, we're going to go hike in the mountains. We're going to raise our son together. We're going to do the things of the kingdom together. We're going to do these things together, but it's only out of that intimacy together of, of, of talking with each other, of being close to one another, that we would do that. And this is the heart of the, Jesus, that he would have a bride that would rule and would reign with him for eternity. And so here we see this 
This was the marriage supper of the Lamb. And, and we see the, the celebration of the wedding taking place. Of, of, of the bride and the bridegroom coming together. Oh, that day. Oh, my gosh. Jesus is longing for that day, and I'm longing for that day. And I know I get to partake of that now. We don't have to put it all off into the future, but I, I long for the future, but I partake of it now. Right? That's that thing that the vineyard is very well known for, the now but not yet, the already but not yet, the, the yeah, that we could partake of it now, but not fully until the future. Come on. That's so good. Revelation 20, uh, verses 4 through 6. Um, I'm not going to read all of it, but if you read there, you'll see it's the, the resurrection of the dead here. And it says, uh, well, I'll just, I, never mind, I'll read it. I saw the thrones and they sat on them and judgment was committed to them. And then I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for their witness to Jesus and for the word of God and who had not worshipped the beast or his image and had not received the mark on their foreheads and on their head, hands. They lived and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. But the rest of the dead did not live again until the thousand years were finished. And that this is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he who has part in the first resurrection. Over such the second death has no power. But they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him for a thousand years. Our life now, maybe you've heard the saying, I believe it more and more all the time. It's training for reigning. <laughs> Come on, seriously. You're training as the bride right now through your life, through your prayers. I love the thing that you guys are talking about, intercession. Come on. That's how the Lord rules the kingdom and rules the universe. The Father talks to the Son. The Son talks to the Father. Jesus is seated on the throne, interceding for the saints. And even in Psalm 2, you see it. He says, the Father says, ask of me and I'll give you the nations. Wait, he's the Son. Why does he have to ask? Because that's how the kingdoms ran. That's how he runs it. Even in the Godhead, he talks to him and asks for him, and then the Lord releases it. And we get brought into that fellowship, that intimacy, and we get to reign with Christ in this life now unto reigning with Christ in the age to come. Come on. That's good. Through, through, through our intercession, through our taking our hands out of our pocket, laying it on somebody and declaring the word of the Lord over them and seeing them healed like Kim is doing and like many of you guys are doing. Come on. That's reigning with Christ, destroying the works of the devil. Yeah, by, by opening our mouth and, and, and releasing the prophetic word of the spirit like our brother up here did. That's, that's, that's partnering with Jesus, reigning with Christ by teaching the word of God, by going to work. And, and living your life holy and dedicated and wholehearted, working as unto the Lord. Being a light shining in the darkness. You're out of that place of your life of prayer, communing with the Father and the Son, unto going out and living your life as the bride, as the loved one. Come on. And then we're going to wrap it up here. Again, this is shows... Again, the future, what the Lord says in Revelation 21, 1 through 4, is we see, I can't say it enough, we see the end, 
We could, that's where we're headed. We get to partake of it now, the, the already but not yet. But Revelation 21, verses 1 and 4. Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also there was no more sea. Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, adorned for her husband, and I heard the loud voice, a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. He will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God. God will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain. For the former things have passed away. I'm living for that day. And I'm drawing that day to closer. Right? Even the return of Jesus, I, the Bible says that we can hasten the day. By our holy living. By how we live our life. By living in fellowship with God. By partnering with Him. By preaching the gospel. By living a righteous life and, and, and loving people. And being a good Samaritan. And working and doing these things. Praying. Praying for the gospel to go forth. For the Lord to send forth laborers. How many know the Great Commission is tied up to your prayers? It won't be fulfilled until we pray. It, the Lord ties it all together through partnership. You People don't even come to faith the main way that the Lord has people come to faith is by you and I sharing the gospel with them. Out of us having that relationship with the Father, going out and sharing that with others. Because he wants to have intimate partnership now and forever. Come on. That's good. So we're just, that's all I had to share. <laughs> And I just wanted to stir you up by a reminder. And we just, you know, let's, the Lord, he just wants to mark us and draw us closer. The Bible says that as we draw near to him, that he will draw near to us. Okay, I, I forgot. When I told, the, the when, real quick, it's not that long. The Lord had given me three practical things. How do we come into the, to draw closer into the intimate relationship? The word of God, by, by reading the word of God. I mean, it's so simple. We all know this, but giving ourselves to the word of God, studying the word of God, praying the word of God. I like what Mike Bickle, if you guys know who that guy is. I love that. He's one of my favorite Bible teachers. But anyhow, he says, pray reading the Bible. You know, you pray, read the Bible. You read it. You pray it back to the Father. through. So that's one way, reading the Bible, letting it get rooted in your heart, letting it transform you. Then prayer through um communing with the Father through intercession, through praying that we grow in this intimate relationship. We learn to hear the voice of God, discern the voice of God, and we release the kingdom through that. And then the power of the Holy Spirit, being filled, filled, filled. The Bible says, be being filled with the Spirit. Don't be drunk with wine, but be being filled. Being filled with the Holy Spirit, the life of the Spirit of God inside of you. If, you. if you have your prayer language, praying in the Holy Ghost, stirring yourself up, keeping yourself in the utmost holy faith, and abiding in the, keep, building you up in the faith, and keeping yourself in the love of God. 
Because as you pray, you're built up, and the Holy Spirit pours the love of God abroad in your heart. Doing that, uh, communing, talking with the Holy Spirit throughout your day. Just, Holy Spirit, I love you. Thank you that you're practicing the presence of God while you're out. Lord, what are you doing? Holy Spirit, what are you up to? We, I, I want, thank you that you love me. Just talking with him throughout your day. Practical ways to grow in intimate partnership with the Lord. And as you do those, he's going to maybe speak to you. He's going to highlight a Bible verse. He's going to say, you know, hey, there's a person at Safeway. They have, they, they don't have good hearing. I need you to go pray for them. My wife and I will at different p points in our life do this uh, practical thing, and I encourage you guys to do it, is a, a dare buddy, a Holy Ghost dare buddy. <laughs> so you get a friend, right? You guys pray. So me and my wife, we'll, we'll, we'll pray with, you know, separate, and we'll get a word of knowledge and say, hey, I felt like the Lord told me you're going to run across someone that has hearing problems. So this happened. So she told me one time, you're going to run across somebody with hearing problems, and you got to pray for them, and the Lord's going to heal them. So I'm like, okay. And it's getting, we're, this is back when I was part of Kavika's group. It was a home group at the time before it became Freedom and Joy Ministries. And it's been, it's at the end of the week. I'm about to see her again. It's like a half an hour, an hour till, till group. And I'm like, oh man, I haven't, I've been busy at work and all this. <laughs> I, go, I go to Safeway and I'm like, all right, Lord, I'm going to walk around <laughs> Safeway. And I walk around Safeway and the Holy Spirit highlights this girl to me and I'm like, okay, gosh. Oh. Step out. Go up to her and said, Hey ma'am, um, this might sound crazy, but my my girlfriend told me, you know, we do this crazy dare thing and she said I'm gonna run across someone with hearing problems. This lady doesn't look like she don't have a hearing aid, nothing. I say, Hey, you know, she said I might run across someone with hearing problems. Do you have hearing problems? She's like, Oh my god, yes I do. <laughs> Right? So I'm like, that's crazy. The Lord wants to heal you. <laughs> so I pray for him. And the Lord heals her ears right there in Safeway. So I encourage you to do those kinds of things. Get together. Get a dare buddy. Find your, your person sitting next to you. Hey, let's pray and get a word of knowledge. And you go out this week and let's come back and share stories <laughs> next week. And do that. And see people's lives one at a time as you partner with Jesus at Safeway, at Walmart, at your work. One time it was at a family gathering for, through me with my religious uncle that I was so afraid to. But the, Jesus healed his leg, and he was his biggest concern. My, there was Again, we were doing this thing. It was last year. And my wife said, you're going to run across somebody with a bum knee. And we're like, it's all week. And my, we go to my grandma's like 80th birthday, and my uncle, who's part of one of those churches that says if you don't belong to my church you're going to hell and I'm like oh no <laughs> and he walks up with a cane and it's my family most of them don't really believe in Jesus <laughs> and I'm like okay and so I told him the story and he's like well okay you could pray for me and I pray for him and, and the Lord heals him his biggest concern was oh man I'm on disability what am I gonna do now <laughs> So I just encourage you guys, step out. The Lord wants to move through you. He's waiting. The harvest fields are white, right unto the harvest. 
He's wanting you to, to, to engage and draw close. As you draw near to him, he will draw near to you, and he's going to fill you with his spirit and empower you to go out and do the works of the kingdom, longing for the day to come where he is going to come to the earth and dwell together with us, and heaven and earth will become one, and we will reign intimately involved and passionately intimate with Jesus. So I just want to pray of you guys just for a fresh impartation, a fresh filling of the Spirit, a fresh vision from the Lord to go forth and out of the intimate place partner with Jesus. So there, there's something that the Lord wants, wants us to do yeah. as, as a response before you pray. So if you want a, an increase in the Lord highlighting people, and showing you who to pray for and seeing results when you step out in obedience, then stand up. And now Matt's going to pray for us. Awesome. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we thank you, Father, for, for my brothers and sisters. Lord, for their, for their hunger, Father, for their desire to... to, to to follow your spirit, to step out, Lord. So I am asking, Lord, for a fresh uh, wind of your spirit, Heavenly Father, in there, uh, a fresh feeling, a fresh wind, a fresh empowering to step out in faith, to partner with you, to, 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 to know your, your, your impressions of, of who you're highlighting, Father. Lord, uh, a fresh grace upon healing God and stepping out for for miracles father release it father release it to them now father and I ask that as they draw near your words as you would draw near to them Lord that even in the weeks and months ahead that they would just feel an increase in their and in, in your your presence and hearing your voice and experiencing your love Lord your word says your love is better than wine let them be intoxicated with your love the intoxicating joy and love of who you are, Father, over their days, even at work, even in the night, even while they're with their family. Let your presence and your be upon them and intimacy increase in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Pastor. Amen. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. So uh, you have an opportunity tonight to sow into Matt and Amy's ministry. Uh, if you want to give a designated offering, you can go ahead and uh, put it in one of the offering boxes. We'll also take more next week. Uh, and uh, just get yourself on their mailing list and, and see what the Lord says. Uh, it's really a unique ministry that they're going to be a part of and I, I think it's really awesome so thanks for sharing with us it's good to have you with us <laughs> yeah does anybody else have anything to share tonight yes okay so yeah Matt and Amy if you want to come up here we'll we'd be happy to pray over you yeah <laughs> and and their son. Yes? It sounds to me like this is a prototype. <laughs> their their ministry? Uh-huh. 
All right. If you want to pray over these guys, come on up. <laughs>